Hey guys, how you doing? Doing good, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, dude. It really, really is. Actually, I can't believe this is the first time we've uh, done a video interview, you know, over the years. Bro, we were just like, we've talked about that a couple times uh, leading up to this. But uh, yeah, man, you you may not know this, but you were literally the first person uh, like in the you know, in the metal sphere or in the uh, the music sphere to actually pick up on Pathos and Logos and help us out, man. So yeah. a big, big thank you. Yeah, dude, we were really excited to finally talk to you. Yeah, it's like coming full circle for us. Oh, that's, I mean, that's it's an absolute pleasure. It's still great to be following along with you at this point in time as well, particularly after, you know, what's been going on the last year, last couple of years. But uh, yeah. just to straight up one with you, how, how's your day going? How's your weekend been? Uh, I can't complain. Everything's been going pretty good here. It's like 110 million degrees it's outside. It's fucking hot, bro. Yeah. It's hot. So <laughs> this gives us a really great excuse to be inside in the air conditioning. That's right. <laughs> be honest, man, it's, it's hot over here as well in the UK. I don't know what, we're around, we're about 28 degrees Celsius at the moment, which is hot for this country. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I think that's like, that's just shy of 100 degrees for us. You know? Oh, yeah. So yeah, you guys have, yeah. Fuck. Wow, you're one ahead then. I mean, aside from that as well, what's really cool is, well, you guys look like you've been keeping pretty busy as of late. And I guess at this point, it must just be, it must just be great to kind of be able to actually do things again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a pleasure. And uh, yeah, getting around, man, do the thing. It's that there definitely seems to be a sense of, forward motion or traction that's happening right now and we're here for it man for sure well i've got to take you back a bit then and uh, talk about the last couple of years really and um really overall how did you guys cope over the past say three years and the pandemic period yeah i mean i really the best way to cope was through music and yeah. uh you know our artistic expression uh, for what it's worth, that may be why there are so many layers to the onion that is the cult recording, uh, because without having a, a, an outlet for all this well, during the pandemic, we really, really sunk into what was going to be the, the extracurricular activities surrounding the music, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this what what one of the things that uh, just on the subject of like finding ways to cope obviously yes kyle said we dug in pretty hard into the the creativity side of it but um one of the things that i remember from because i do a lot of local gigs and stuff i've played in a bunch of different bands different styles and i remember thinking to myself repeatedly during that very trying interval where you couldn't go anywhere it's it's almost like going out and performing live is like a vitamin that some people need to take and if you don't get to take that vitamin things start to go wrong man <laughs> it's tough was there anything you kind of had to adapt to because obviously it was an extended period of time where at least from our perspective in the uk you'd go six months and think okay well maybe things will be better in six months then a year went by then a year and a half then two years and then we're at the state of play as we are now in 2022. Um, what did you do to kind of adapt to that? Oh, uh, you, you know, I guess the best way I would answer that question is I think everybody just got more invested and involved on the internet. Mm. You know, uh, 
we've done more like social media stuff or, or just, let's just call it fan engagement, just engaging with our fans in one way, shape or another um, throughout the day, every single day uh, over the last couple of years. And it's just been way more than usual. Um, and I, I think I would attribute that to us having the time, you know, uh, but other people just having the available time too, they want to know what we're up to, you know. I will not describe the last couple of years, any aspect of it as a blessing in disguise. Mm. <clears throat> Nothing has been a blessing about it, but maybe a better way to put it is being sort of cooped up like that, trying to connect and reach out to people using the internet as a tool has had an unintentional ancillary benefit of giving us other avenues of reaching people you know i mean you're not alone with uh trying to find any positive out of this period every band and artist we've spoken to over the past couple of years uh, even during the harsher points of uh, the pandemic period has kind of said the same thing where there's almost a guilt complex about suggesting there was anything positive during it but there have been some things to drag from it i mean is that was it easy for you, particularly in regards to how social media is used these days? Was it easy for you to kind of um, join the ranks, as it were, and really start to try and connect with the audiences? Or was that something that you've never felt overtly comfortable with? I think it's fair to say that there was a learning curve. You know, the uh, it, it took a little bit of getting used to. And I'm not afraid to tell you, too, that we also somewhat recently have reached out to uh, certain resources to try and make sure that we were approaching what we were doing in an effective way. Because mm -hmm. th there is, there's an entire method and a science kind of behind, um, yeah, just that's the best way to put it, is reaching people the most effectively. So we definitely did a lot of work. <clears throat> trying to get organized uh, in, in a meaningful way with that stuff. And it's it's quite a pace to keep, that's for sure. The ever-changing algorithms. Um, no one seems to have oh, yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah. Did you take sort of props and ideas as well? As you say, pretty much everybody suddenly had to refocus in music and refocus and jump online. And we saw the sort of slow build from Facebook live streams with music and stuff like that to full-on full production shows being done, um, something we've never really seen before. What what ideas did you get from that? Oh, you, you know, that's a great question. I think most people would give you like technical answers, be like, oh, we want to do this mega, mega production and this and that. My answer to you is what I got from it is it made me feel old <laughs> because no, normally the reason I say that is because normally like, man, I can tell you how to make a recording. I can tell you how to make a CD. I can tell you how to produce a vinyl, this and that and the other thing. If I had to put together an online production to the quality of the most recent, uh, um, what's the band I'm looking for here, Behemoth, uh, their last production, I wouldn't be able to tell you how to do it. I would have to rely on everybody else to do it for me. And so, uh, yeah, it makes me feel a little out of touch, honestly. We're, uh, we're definitely, as individuals and certainly as a band, uh, pretty focused on autonomy and self-agency. The ability to do things without having to farm needs or responsibilities out and uh, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, there's just some of the the more recent ways that bands have been performing and uh, connecting on the internet. That's it's its own 
school it's its own thing yeah we've had fans talk to us about the production value of our youtube videos and like making them a little better and the honest to god's truth is we don't know how <laughs> it's yeah uh yeah funny that we have been talking about this a little bit earlier it's it's very interesting uh uh trying to keep pace because uh you, you don't think about it. You're so you're so focused on trying to like learn this about this live performance, do this live stream, or uh, you know be, you know be consistently producing content to try and keep up with everything that's going on. And you do almost have moments of like, oh wait, we're a band. Yeah. Like, when was the last time we wrote a song? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, to getting out on the road and like trying to do promotional ads to augment the number of people coming out to a particular place that we've never been to before. It's like, oh yeah, drumsticks. <laughs> what do I do with these? Yeah, gotta be doing stuff with those too, right? <laughs> it's almost, yeah, you see, you're right. It's become a second job, a daily post on across all these platforms, jump on TikTok, do a short video, jump on YouTube, do all the editing and things that require that. Um, I don't envy yeah. it uh, in that aspect. And it seems like, um, I don't really know of anyone, uh, even the most, uh, most down to earth and understanding social media manager will still tell you how much they struggle with it too. So I don't think there's any perfect. And even as of recent, I think as of at least yesterday, and I think in the next couple of days and days, keys and Facebook, an example, if you run a page over there, that entire system is about to change. So good luck getting used to that again. Yeah. If you're not aware, I've already, I've already experienced it. Be prepared for that guys. What is, what are you talking about? Basically, even, yeah. Yeah, yep. There's an entire new setup and design that is uh, going to be hard to get the grips with. It's supposed to be more streamlined. Uh, obviously, from that side, they sell it to us. But uh, yeah, I've struggled with it after going a couple of years of seemingly understanding it. It's now back to square one. So if you guys have a page, of course you do. Be prepared. Wow. So it doesn't like delete the page and all that stuff. It just kind of restructures and reorganizes the way it's done. Yeah, layouts and uh, how you access it. Uh, likes are going uh, completely. It's just going to be followers now. So is wow. it not? Yeah. I wish I could say I got the grace, but just a, head, a heads up, I guess, if you're not already aware then. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we had no idea. Just <laughs> us. Yeah. Give it a week and one of the other platforms will change as well. It, it's a constantly shifting uh, world, as we've discussed. Um, Mm -hmm. Sticking one more for the pandemic period, really, for you, and I guess this is kind of keep it focused on the positive side of things. Do you think there's anything during the past couple of years that you were forced to do that you've learned and that's um, improved yourselves as individuals, but also as a collective unit? You know what? <clears throat> I have thought about that a lot. Uh, not just us as individuals and as a band, mm. but I think society in a general way being forced literally by force to stop i feel like forced a specific kind there there are people who haven't had any kind of you mean vacation has positive implications so maybe a better word would be pause there's people that haven't had any kind of a pause in their daily weekly monthly yearly routine since summer vacation in high school and it i think it forced a lot of people to take a step back and reevaluate what they were calling their lives 
you know, you get so accustomed to running these patterns over and over again, and you think that that's your life. And then all of a sudden, when you have nothing to do, you have no access to anything, can't go out, can't do anything, and you suddenly become vested with the responsibility of constructing your daily life, fashioning your own life. All of the, it's very disarming. People were used to their job. People were used to the places that they go and the things that they used to do, you know, handing them what they call their lives. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, nope, you have to do it. You have to find a way to stay stimulated. You have to find a way to stay mentally healthy. You have to find a way to stay physically healthy. You know, it's uh, so if it, if it engendered introspection, then maybe there's, there's something to that, you know? Well said, incredible. Guys, of course, the main reason we're here, the main reason we're having a chat is the recently released new EP, Cult. So give us some idea then, when did this first start to take shape? And was the original vision that you had when you first started to, you know, build it very clear to you? Uh, okay, so I guess we the ideas for it originally began to take shape when we were like pressing glory to the order back in the day, uh, because at that time, <clears throat> I mean, we were still kind of a baby band at that point and having to come up with the artwork and discovering what our quote unquote image or brand would be at that point in time. I remember sitting down with Paul at a restaurant kind of looking at him. And he's looking at me like, what are we going to do? I don't know, man, you know? And so it really forced us to take a look at ourselves from, uh, from a listener's perspective, I guess. And at that point is when we started putting the wheels in motion for how cult would be, uh, what it would look like and what it would sound like for sure. From there, uh, I mean, it gets kind of, it gets a little dicey. I mean, the actual idea of releasing it as tarot cards and a coffee table book with all these different steps and the mythos and stuff that goes along with it, it was really kind of spurned from just sleep deprivation, <laughs> driving back, you know, late night from like, I don't know, San Angelo, Texas oh, or sure. something like something that. Something to that effect. Yeah, that came out of just the ether. But uh, Kyle and I have... Um, a kind of a self-styled or self-fashioned occult approach. I'm sure you're probably aware, you know, you, Carl, to your tremendous credit, you've been with us from the, from right. the beginning, baby. Yep. Uh, but, uh, and we thank you for your consistent and continued support. But we, were, we brought in this kind of uh, self-styled occult concept into Pathos and Logos. It existed before, and, uh, and we decided that we were going to work it in. You, we weren't sure what to do. That sort of late night drive, trying to come up with the, the tarot format, we realized that we had to come up with an answer mm. for the way that people are consuming music now. Uh, something that, that, that would interface with the way that people really listen to music. A lot of people listen to music on their phone. One of the, our in previous interviews, a statement that we make all the time is, your phone is the record player now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and it also, uh, you know, was an opportunity for us to kind of weave in uh, visual art into the format, you know, the way that you have such positive associations with the albums you got back in the day, taking the liner notes out, looking at the art and stuff, we wanted that to matter again, you know, and not having words, so that there's no lyrics, so we kind of got to use language in a different way too, in the form of the narrative that we have at the bottom of all the cards. So it, it took some doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> took some doing. It really did, yeah. But some of his inspiration comes at the most um, oddest time, as it, as you said yourself. It, it made me smile that you referred to Glory to the Order as back in the day. It would make it sound like it's a 10-year-old release. It feels like it. it everything yeah. before the pandemic feels like it was like the Paleozoic era. It just feels, it's it, chronologically not that far back, but emotionally, it feels like it was like millions of years ago. That's a good way to put it. Emotionally, it feels like we're we're so far away from it already at this point. Um, yes, uh, somebody was asking us about a song from that record called Black Budget. And, and I honestly, I couldn't even remember like how the middle part went. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go back and kind of, uh, you know, refresh on that one. We, we've been so focused on Colts. Uh, I, I know it just came out, but we've actually been working on it for, I mean, the better part of two years leading yeah. up to it. So the songs were recorded very early and we started to perform them before we even knew what we were going to do for the format. So, yeah. yeah. That doesn't surprise me. It's a common theme as well uh, upon releases that have been coming out within this year that they have been in the works for a longer period of time, which always makes me wonder as well about um, obviously when you're hearing this music over and over again on a personal level, how sick of the music you get and when you get closer to the release and you start to build up the press aspect of things and you're putting videos out and you're talking a bit more, does that, did that refresh the record for you? Absolutely, yeah, it definitely refreshed the record for us. Um, it it kind of makes you look at it with a, like in a whole new light, you know, um, certain songs begin to take on life of, of their own. Uh, for example, Initiation, which is the first track off of Colt. Uh, Paul and I didn't really choose that as the first single. Um, it became like the third single or something like that. And, and it's actually picked up a lot of traction and people tend to tell us that they like that song quite a bit. <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, that's probably the song that we worked on the most yeah. off of the record. It didn't come as easy as the other songs did. So um, yeah, it, it makes you look at it completely differently. And, uh, and I also want to say, too, uh, and this is a unique experience for us. Kyle and I have done several bands together in the past, but the, uh, the cult record is laden with a lot of different strata of meaning and intention and, and uh, our thoughts and energy. And so I would say, on the subject of feeling burnt out on performing the songs, you know, uh, Unlike certain other music that we may have played at times in the past, this hasn't really run down for us the same way as other stuff. I, I think it's because we know that it has that richness of uh, organization and we put so much time and effort into every aspect of it. Um, it's just, it's continued, it's stayed rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, it did, uh, you, you, yes, you, you know, uh, on a long enough timeline, you drive it, you didn't sleep too well, you get up on a stage or maybe you're a little run down. But I don't know, from that first downbeat, man, gives oh. you something. Oh, I'm glad to hear it as well. I mean, it's interesting because I don't want to ask, I mean, compared to Glory to the Order, was that aspect, what you described in there, the most different thing you did when it came to working on Cult? Or was it pretty much the same kind of feelings and process so that's, uh, it was, uh, it's definitely a different process. I'll take this one, my guy. And of course it figures that I don't have the book. Uh, so I have spoken about a moment ago about the, the self-styled occult stuff that Kyle and I did. And I want to make it clear, we didn't like 
study, you know, a, a musty ancient tomes or something like that. Just reshare with a lot of other musicians and a lot of other artists the feeling that you you it's it's more than just something that you do. It's like a lifestyle bordering on a, a passion so deep that it almost feels religious or spiritual. And we just kind of took it that extra step, came up with an entire language, a system of symbols and iconography that have their own meanings that are all related to music and particularly the way that we like to make it. Hmm. And so the the source material for cult, we have a, a book. Uh, in that language with a series of sigils and we have rhythms that we use that are connected to the sigils. So by using that particular rhythm, you're vesting the song with that energy. And so the, so the source material for cult was a magic book is really what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so that's, it was, it was literally a self-created Enchiridion uh, of our own making. And we used the concepts in that book to make the record. Mm -hmm. So. Do you find it difficult to express and talk about that aspect that's so integral to you both as individuals, but also the makeup of the band? Because of course, um, you you know you use certain terminology, whether it be occult, magic, and so on. There is a certain section of people that are going to roll their eyes. Do you feel as though you're able to express um, clearly and concisely exactly what it means to you and how it works in relation to the music and the band? I think at first it was a little tough, but now, not now. Although I will say that that aspect of it for us, it, it originated with us. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like there's certain stuff that is available for public consumption and then there's other stuff about it that we're never going to share uh, because it, was, it wasn't designed after this band. It existed already and it was kind of our own thing. One thing that we're definitely very big on is not shoving that dimension of it in people's faces. Uh, if somebody professes curiosity about it, we'll be happy to talk about it. But, you know, it's, it's yes, it's a personal thing that we do. Um, definitely not something that everybody does. There's definitely going to be some people that roll their eyes at it. But, you know, we, we you know, if you, if you're interested, come ask us about it. But more than anything else, man, we're just having a good time and going out playing, trying to share our music with everybody. Yeah. But you are comfortable talking about it. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think at first, I mean, you know, we've had so many questions about it at this point. At, at first, it was kind of like, well, how are we going to explain this to people? Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to be on blast to tell people what all this weird shit is. <laughs> <man>. like, <laughs> yeah, but I think at this point, we've, we've sorted most of that out. And yeah, it's become much more, I, I'm much more comfortable speaking about it. I'm sure Paul is too, yeah. so. yeah. I mean, one of the things that really intrigues me about your development of that and how you've utilized it in the cult is that it is giving you more of an identity and it's given more of a wider understanding, a deeper meaning behind what you're doing. Um, so talk to me in particular about the codex aspect that came with cult. Oh, okay. Yeah, the codex aspect of it was once again on one of those long drive homes, uh, drives home, Paul and I were just kind of sleep de deprived and in an effort to keep each other awake um, and not hit deer, uh, you know, you just start talking about these things. And uh, so one thing that we had been discussing ad nauseum was 
how vinyl was coming back. Yes. And how, you know, vinyl is, vinyl's cool. People are into it, right? And generally when you talk to people about vinyl, the reason that they tell you that they're into vinyl is because the artwork is the focus again, right? And I get that. Like it started out with artwork being big and then it just continually shrank and shrank and shrank until it became this tiny little digital avatar that you can't even see. And so I can get that vinyl in its large format is making a resurgence, right? We can yeah. all relate to that. So uh, the other thing with that is art. Like people were getting away from the art aspect that was associated with music. You'd get this tiny little digital cover image and that was it. Um, and so we wanted, we were trying to think about how moving forward and even into the future, how are people going to be interfacing with music and how are they going to be experiencing it? So we wanted to make sure that we weren't necessarily tied to a musical platform or a social media platform, right? Um, you can find all of our stuff on the website. And when you interface with the QR codes on the tarot cards, it doesn't necessarily take you to YouTube. It takes you to our website. Yep. So um, the idea there is to just kind of try and stay ahead of the game as far as uh, where technology is going, but also bring the art back into the experience of music, you know? I, I Yeah, I mean, I remember buying the Meshuggah Contradictions Collapse None combo CD and just opening up that disc and it's just a shot of the five of them standing there with their arms totally like that I, my, I, I could never put it away I was just looking at them like look at those geniuses dude you know what I mean? <laughs> just look at those guys I, you know and all the you know I don't know there's just a feeling that it gives you that uh, you can't describe and it's precious it's part of the experience and that it was uh, largely an endeavor like Kyle was saying to just kind of weave all that back in make the art matter again yeah, make the art matter again. When you download a song these days, you don't get the cool Pantera Far Beyond Driven sleeve that folds out into a poster that you can put on yeah, your with wall. a screw going into the dude's head. Yeah, yeah, you don't get that anymore. So, you know, we wanted to, like Paul said, bring the focus back to the artwork, right? So you don't just get one piece of art with Colt, you get five different pieces of art with Colt. You get an awesome cover image and you get a unique, uh, like narrative style image image for each song yeah and people seem to be responding very well to it it is very very attention grabbing um particularly as well i think from a perspective if you know nothing about you it's something that immediately jumps out and says hey i want to look at this and see what it's part and parcel of but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're ignoring the online aspect of things Anyway, do you create your creativity? Do you feel um, limited or quite open by what's available? I start to think of things like virtual reality and how you could utilize that aspect into uh, the bands. Oh yeah, that's that's a really cool idea. Um, yeah, yes, it makes it, it makes it seem almost hard to keep up with, you know. Um, <laughs> we've all heard how how quick technology advances and uh here we are trying to create a new like you know album format and stuff like that and we haven't even touched down on like virtual or augmented reality spaces you know yeah, like yet. i think snoop dogg has his own virtual island that you can go party on <laughs> yeah. that's, that's wild right that's like crazy. maybe we're missing the boat on that maybe we need to create pathos and logosonia and it's just <laughs> Come it's, hang out. Come hang out. Be with weird. Us yeah. it, 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 it seems like the sky's the limit, provided you've got a the money and b the creativity for it. So you kind of need both. Yeah. 
Yeah, and neither one, I mean, while we have creativity in abundance, um, you know, you gotta, the fans still have to bring the money aspect part. So it's a slow build. It's a slow build. We'll get there. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess particularly based off what went on with Colt and what you've now developed in regards to how you want to present yourselves and the music, I'm going to presume, but correct me if I'm wrong, this is now the future. This is how Pathos and Logos goes forward. Yes, I can tell you with 100% certainty that everything that's going to be released in the future will be released as a codex. I almost don't want to say a codex. The idea of the codex encapsulates all of the music that we've created in the past mm. and into the future. So the idea of the codex is really a, a compilation or a collection of formulas or spells in the form of songs that we have put together for you. And at a certain point in time, you know, that ends. Uh, but yeah, it's not as if we're going to release like 15 codexes. Once the codex is complete, the codex is complete. Okay, okay, I understand, I understand, that makes sense. Um, well then talking of which, what can you talk about uh, future-wise future, future wise, um, that uh, you might be working on or what you're planning? Well, the, the groundwork for the, I guess, the third portion of the codex mm. uh, is underway. And, and it is, it's an interesting way to go about it. It's such a different way of, uh, of, of composing music or ideating about how you want to make the, the music of the art. It's literally like, you know, the, oh, time to write the new record opens up weird witchy book that may or may not have some of my blood in it like uh it really is yeah yeah you, you can see you know everything the rhythms that we're using um the keys of the songs have been ascribed certain like moods or energy or settings and uh so you do that's uh you, you it's every song that we are creating at this point doing it in this format, as Kyle said before, is kind of a, a spell, you know, it's, you really do, you vest it with intentions, and, uh, and, uh, and then it, it takes its place in the grand scheme of the, the, uh, the codex, as it were. Yeah, so all that to say that the groundwork has already been laid. Um, we know that we're going to do either four or five songs for the next release, if you will. That's right. Um, but then we'll also be releasing uh, previous songs into the codex format at the same time so people will be able to kind of go back uh like you know dive deeper into the rabbit hole if they'd like to um as far as they want to go i suppose yeah awesome awesome has the has the generally positive response to cult uh, as the dust is settling a little bit on the release has that uh, taken you by surprise i'd be lying to you if i told you <laughs> yes, we're very surprised. Yeah, e even still to this day, it's what you see before you, as you know, Carl, I mean, you've been doing this thing with us for a couple of years now. It's just Paul and I, mm. you know, uh, generally when you're going to hear about something from Pathos and Logos, you're going to hear about it from us, at least up until recently, right? It's going to yeah. be me or Paul contacting you. And uh, so, yeah, to see um, the world kind of picking up on our on our crazy idea, it, it's, it's great, man. I mean, it's fantastic. And it is a surprise because for the longest time, Paul and I were behind the scenes guys. You know, I worked at a recording studio helping launch careers of other people. Uh, you know, I worked on records for In This Moment, The Black Dahlia Murder, The Human Abstract, 
God Forbid, which is how I met Paul. That's right. Paul, Paul was a, a studio drummer coming into the recording studio I worked at. And here we are now getting the spotlight shown on us. It's great, man. It's it, fantastic. It's definitely a good feeling. Uh, but the the thing that you, you're talking about the element of surprise. Mm -hmm. Now you follow your intuition. You create something. You think it's pretty cool. But you know everybody feels positively about the stuff that they create. Right. You know, like we knew that making the codex, that writing songs in this format where they sort of double as a musical composition and also like a, a spell or or an orison or a prayer or something. Um, there's an element of risk there. You know, you, you do not know before you kind of put all that stuff out into the wild exactly how it's going to be received. It's always a little intimidating uh, putting anything out that you create, but particularly when it's got that, uh, when it's not been done, you mm -hmm. have nobody to, and you have no one to ask, hey, is this a good idea? You know, you're just like, okay, witchy weirdos, here's our stuff, you know, and just, you know, kind of throw it against the wall and, and, and see how it's received. So uh, it's definitely surprised, but definitely grateful because we do have the good fortune, I think, at this point of being able to examine the reactions that we've gotten and they are overwhelmingly positive. So yeah. it's and, very, very good for you. And to expand on that and sort of flip the script on you a little bit there, Carl, uh, it, you were, one of, if not the first, to say I, yes to us. And yeah, it, it does get, I'm not going to say old, but it'll beat you down hearing people tell you no about your creative output over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. It might even make you not want to do it anymore, right? So for, I mean, you've seen it the whole time. You were, like I said, you were the first person to say yes, just to even give us an album review. And so to see it kind of come full circle, it, people just start saying yes a lot more. And uh, it, it, that's positive feedback enough for me personally. Yeah. You know? I'm really, really glad to hear that. It's awesome that the name is being spread out a bit more because I know how incredibly difficult that can be. Um, I'm a very, uh, uh, you know, I love a wide array of music within the rock and metal world and so on. And I listen to certain bands and yourselves uh, are a great example of this where I think, my God, this is incredible. Why aren't more people talking about it? But then the sensible part of me knows that there are a lot, a lot of voices out there all trying to scream into the same void, taking up the same amount of space. So it can be incredibly difficult to get your specific voice heard. What's from that, what's um, one of the most difficult things for you guys to get your voice heard and how do you think you can overcome it? Oh, I can tell you immediately, having no voice at all. <laughs> we, we don't have a singer in the band. So being an instrumental band is immediately that much more difficult to climb the hill. Uh, we were recently picked up by a, a very awesome fella named Scott from the airport in New York. And Scott works for a uh, radio marketing company. And he was helping us get from one side of Manhattan to the other side of Manhattan to play a show. And uh, it was like a four hour ride. <laughs> four hours to go 50 miles. Crazy. New York City, baby. But, but as a, a radio marketing representative, he told us flat out, it's a, it's going to be tough for you guys because you don't have a singer period. Mm. You know, he's still, he's telling, Hey, Sirius won't even touch you. Like, so what do you do if Sirius won't even touch you because you, you don't have a singer? 
what, but I, I like to believe, you know, and again, this falls into that delicate category of being optimistic about what you're doing creatively, you know, and then having to see how that measures up against reality when you put it out into the world. One thing that we definitely do in a very conscious way as a band, you know, we do not have a singer and we want, you know, you people are used to memorizing lyrics. You know, I mean, Glenn Benton from Deicide is literally screaming like a dragon. I know so many Glenn Benton lyrics. It doesn't even have to be singing, but people are, they're very attached to singers. They're very attached to lyrics. And so we, we meter out any guitar shred stuff very carefully and with a lot of forethought. We always want to make sure that there's a bold, singable melody or melodies in everything that we write. Mm. So I remain optimistic. You know, it's there's a, a, an amazing array of bands that are brilliant musicians on every instrument. But I don't know. I I I, I hope and uh, hope against hope that maybe just having those big bold singable choruses man oh yeah, yeah. For, for sure I, I don't see it as a I, I just see it as something to work work against or work for I, I don't necessarily uh, I'm not saying it's going to hold us back it's not hey look you can tell we're not exactly spring chickens we're not giving up anytime no, soon um, and for a couple of fellas our age it's, it's actually kind of uh, unique to kind of see the career picking up at this point. Usually it's winding down for guys. Oh, you're, you're a dad by this point. Totally. Yeah. Grandpa even, you know, <laughs> who knows. But, um, but uh, it, it's not going to hold us back. It's just definitely what I have found. Um, it, it's definitely a hurdle. It's probably one of our biggest hurdles as, a, as an yeah. instrumental back. It's just not having a singer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'll imagine you get the same. You imagine you get the question: Have you, you know, would you ever consider um, having one? I don't want to ask you that. What I want to ask you is: <laughs> Have you ever experimented with the idea? We've been in bands that had singers. Oh yeah. Um, one of our uh, actually, well, one of our first bands was a uh, a death metal band called We All Have Day Jobs, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, our buddy Max, our very good friend Max, was the singer for that band. Brutal, like, oh, yeah. yeah, trained on, like, corpse and deicide and stuff. Uh -huh. And it was awesome. You know, it was really cool. The, the format that you see before you of it just being the two of us wasn't because we necessarily didn't want to have more personnel. It's just that every uh, project that kind of froze in carbonite, you know, and we were always the guys that wanted to keep going. So yeah. it was a decision. It was, it was just kind of the logistics of how do we how do we keep going in a way that other people can't shut us down mm -hmm. if they want to take a different life path or if something happens. So, yeah, I mean, for example, uh, our, our good buddy Max that we're talking about from We All Have Day Jobs, he, li he lives in Tennessee now, so we're not even in the same state as him yeah. anymore. Um, on other bands that we had played in, our, our bass player, I remember playing a, a sold-out show down in Denver. Our, our good buddy Nick... Uh, bass player for the band shows up and he's like hey guys remember i've been sending in uh, resumes to tesla for the last couple of years well i got an interview and they're flying me out tomorrow morning this is going to be my last show wow what do you what do you say to that yeah you know no, no nick don't go move to sparks nevada with your wife and your daughter and make six figures stay in our denver area prog band 
like not a solid sell not a solid sell exactly and for what we were we're pumped he landed the job he did. and nick's life has forever changed and that's right congratulations to him in that same band the other guitar player we played with is michael stancel who famously is the lead guitar player for a legion now and so what what do you do yeah you know yeah, obviously he's he's got to do his thing with a legion band you know yeah so it just it, like paul said it distilled down to just the two of us and here we are and i'm glad for it to be honest guys i can't even imagine uh i don't even want to imagine a certain song as yours with any concept of vocal. something like captains of industry i never you know it is beautiful as it is let's not be playing around with that uh any uh, with any kind of singing uh, i can't even imagine it well thanks carl that's very yeah, nice of you to say <laughs> Well, guys, I've got one more for you then, and this is a simple one, really. What's a realistic goal you would like to achieve before the end of 2022? Before the end of 2022, a realistic goal. Hmm. You know what? Either, if, if not recording, at the very least rehearsing music for our next release. I think probably a realistic goal before the end of this year is that we could be at least rehearsing one or two new songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Paul. We've uh, we've been working on and, and, and touring behind Colt for a while now, even though it, it seems it just came out. We've, yeah. we've been working on this one for a while. Yeah, it's kind of old hat for, not old hat, but just, you know, we, we've been experiencing in a variety of different ways this record for a while. Right? Yeah, so we're both chomping at the bit to get the new, the new formulas and the new spells out. Honestly, we're, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask you one more because you've just prompted me there. What does the kind of live calendar look like? Are you still planning to keep as busy as humanly possible, considering you've been unable for a long period of time not really to do anything? Are you going to keep ensuring that you can, if the opportunities come up, to go out and play live continues? And uh, although it might be a, a big, big ask at this stage, maybe over the next couple of years, spread yourself even further afield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we did have some talks uh, earlier this year to, you know, make a trip over to Europe um, that didn't necessarily pan out yet. Um, but we have recently started working with a booking agent, whereas, you know, as we started talking to you at the beginning, it, you were either talking to, to me or Paul, you know, uh, so things are progressing for us. Uh, but I'm sorry, I kind of wandered or meandered there. All good. Uh, well, no, I mean, the, the, essentially the goal is now and will continue to be for the tenure of this project to put the pedal to the proverbial metal man. You know, we're gonna, well, we wanna get over the pond. We want, we're going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've got quite a few shows on the schedule. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely no signs of slowing down. If, oh, any, if no. anything, it's it's just speeding up at this point. That we, that we, we as, uh, both as Pathos and Logos and in our previous projects, had a unusually protracted period of research and development for all of this stuff and we've been kind of you know you might describe it as waiting in the wings for a long time and so now that there does seem to be a little bit of traction and forward motion they're gonna just go nuts <laughs> Good. Uh, it sounds like you're very, very encouraged by what the what the future holds. Uh, comes through talking to you here, and um, I can't wait to see it, gents. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate the hell out of you as well, man. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. 
Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?